0: Uh, We're going to basically talk about the kingdom today, because that's basically why we're here. We're part of God's kingdom. We're part of his family. Whether we realize it or not, we are. So the kingdom of heaven is a family affair. It's not CEOs. It's not bosses. It's not managers. It's not co-workers. Okay, God didn't create it. He didn't say, I'm God. I'm the CEO. You see, Jesus, you know, he's the boss. You know, he is my boss, because... You know, I want to submit to him, but God didn't set up that. He said, I'm your father, God the father, you know, and it's made of fathers and mothers and sisters and brothers. That's what the kingdom is made of. You know, God said, call me father. How many of you guys know the Lord's prayer? Our father who art in heaven. It's not our God who art in heaven. Yes, he is our God. But he said, I want to be your dad. I want to be your father. I love you. I want it to be a family thing. And he said, hey, this is my son. This is Jesus. And you guys are his bride. It's a family affair. It's not a coworker when you do something wrong and they're, they're like, oh, we need to, you know, we have a cut coming and you're going. It's not the way that his kingdom works. You know, we need to have relationship with our Father and people. It creates an environment that attracts revelation. How many of you guys want revelation in your life? I want things to be revealed to me. I want to know new things. I definitely do. Um, in John 16, um, 13, let me get there. I use my phone. Um, It says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Those are in red letters, so that means Jesus is talking to us. He's saying, you know what? Truth. He wants truth. We want truth. We want, you know, we don't want to forever just be in la-la land. We want the truth of things, right? We always say, I'd rather just have the truth than you just, you know bring me along, you know, just let me have it right out. I can deal with that. And that's what he's saying. He said, we want to have revelation. We don't want to be in the dark about, about who he is. And so the nature of revelation is that people get a fresh perspective and a deeper insight from God's word, thus creating extraordinary encounters with the supernatural kingdom of God. How many of you guys know that we live in a supernatural kingdom? It is a supernatural kingdom. We get to have extraordinary encounters. Last week, the Spirit of the Lord moved, and three people, the Lord had me up here, and three things that the Lord said need to be healed, and I confirmed with all three of those people today that. So Layla had her elbow healed. You know, Michelle, we prayed, the Lord said there's headaches. She has not had a headache all week, praise the Lord. And Daniel, the Lord was very specific about his right kidney, and he's like, I've had no problems. The Lord, three confirmed healings from what the Lord brought last week. So that is an extraordinary encounter, right? I bet you guys who got your healing, that was extraordinary for you, right? Because you are not in pain anymore. That is how God's moved. That's how we should be. That should be normal to us. Supernatural living should be the norm. So if we're not seeing that in our life, we need to check our connection. If it comes through relationship with God the Father and believers, if we're brothers, sisters, mothers, and fathers, if we're, if we're lacking that extraordinary encounters in our life, look at our connections with, with our family. You know, even the crazy uncles sometimes, right? We still need that connection with our family, with other believer, believers, with your leaders, and most of all, your heavenly Father. He's saying, come to me. I have everything you need. You know, a strong connection helps us work through revelation. Has anyone ever got wisdom or advice from anyone else that's a believer? Yes, every day. Sometimes I get on there and I message. Dave and Carol will actually be here this week. It will be awesome. But I'm like, Carol um help me because she is awesome spiritual woman you know she is mature and she's they've they've done everything it seems like and so it's like i need some wisdom i'm gonna ask her you know and so sometimes we need that we know that when we have strong connections and when we have a strong connection to the lord it helps us work through that revelation revelation comes from learning to apply the truth just like we talked about that we want the truth um, digging deeper in God's Word, not just having that fluff and buff, but like, what is God saying to me? You know, interacting with the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's a gentleman. You come to Him and say, God, what are we going to do today? Which way are we going to lead me? Are we going left or are we going right? Because you know what? I want to go where the Spirit goes. Moving in your gifts. Discernment, healing, prophecy, all that. We want to move in those things. Um, Stepping out in faith, that one's kind of hard sometimes, right? It's like, well, you know, there's a lot of, God gives us opportunities every single day. Sometimes every minute he gives you an opportunity, just just exercise it a little bit, you know? I was trying to teach my little niece yesterday how to do a cartwheel, and I said, first just put your hands on the ground and just hop back and forth with your feet. Just get your feet off the ground. It's that little bit of faith, because when you look at a cartwheel, you're thinking, I'm going to break my neck, so you don't even want to try it. Oh, Mercy's not in here. I tried to teach her to do a cartwheel. I did not have enough faith for that. (laughs) So we want to be great dreamers and visionaries. We want to have a dream. Someday I want to own a a tree farm that people come with their Christmas trees, and we get a horse-drawn carriage, and they take you out, you know, in a sleigh, and they cut down the tree with you, and you come back, and you have hot chocolate, and and you get to ice skate at a rink. Doesn't that sound beautiful? That's a dream I have. Who do you think gave that to me? The Lord put that desire in me. I want to be a dreamer. I want to be a visionary and be like, you know what? What people say about my town is not what my town is because let me show you. Let me, you get to get in my mind and see what it is. When you look at it from this side, it's pretty amazing. So that's what we want to do. We want to tempt the impossible and believe the unbelievable. When we have revelation, that's what's coming. How awesome. You know, how many people thought, well, I'm just going to see healing today, you know? no, we can do that. We can believe the unbelievable, but this takes risk. God created us to be risk takers. When I got up here last week and the Lord said, I want you specifically to say right kidney. I'm like, but I know there's someone in here that has kidney issues, but I didn't know which one. And the Lord's like, I want you to specifically say right. And I was like, but what if I'm wrong, Lord? you know, I'm kind of having that because it can be scary. But praise the Lord that it I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it, I'm going to step out. The worst that can happen is I mess up and you guys still love me, right? Because that's the, that's the way it works. You know, the Israelites, to leave Egypt, even though they were slaves, that was still a risk, like, okay, God, you know there's a really big desert, and you know deserts don't have water, and you know we got to cross the sea first to get to there. You know, that's a risk, like, okay, what's going to happen when we get there? You know, it was a risk when they had to even go into the Promised Land. I got manna every day. Yeah, I get sick of manna, but if I go in there, it's going to dry up because I get to have the, the flowing milk and honey. But there's giants, so do I stay? Do I go? They, they debated that for quite a while, 40 years. Um, I hope that we don't do that. Um, you know, that takes risk. What about the little old lady had two mites, which is like two pennies, and it took risk. It's like, okay, I'm going to give this because I want to sow into what God's doing. You know, But I don't know what I'm going to eat today. I know how I'm going to pay my bills, but you know where I find treasure? Right here, because I know God is going to multiply, he's going to grow, and it's going to be kingdom mentality. Man, that takes risk. If you're a mom and you did that, you're like, I have kids, how can I do that? We don't know if she was a mom or a grandma or if she had family to take care of. We don't know that backstory. We just know that she gave what she had. You know, and we know, I call them Chad, Rad, and Benny because their names are super long. You know, that was risk saying, um, you either do what we tell you to do and serve other gods, or we're going to throw you into a fiery furnace. And it's so hot, even the guards that throw you in, they're going to die. And they said, our God will deliver us. But their faith even said, and if he doesn't, he is still true. He is still right. He is still the one and only God. That takes a huge risk. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'd just be like, God, I'm just going to put one knee down. You know, you don't know what you'd do in that moment. Are you going to take that risk and be like, Lord, please, I still love you, even if I end up in heaven, but could you please just, like, keep the fire from, you know, like, that's a risk. I don't know if I'd be able to do that. I would hope that the Lord would strengthen me, and I would. But, man, they are they are risk takers. And the problem with risk is it it can be scary, and it can get messy, It can expose our flaws at times. It can teach us what not to do in the process that leads us to maturity. How many of you guys have thought, this is the Lord, and you went and did it, and you're like, that was definitely me. That was not the Lord. Yes. How many of you guys did not do the same thing again? That's right. The Lord says, it's okay. You know, Jesus said, hey, guys, you guys have been with me. Go out and just spread the word to people. And they're like, okay. Okay. And they go out and they do crazy things, you know, they're like turning people, and he's like, okay, huddle in boys, okay, let's try this again, now you know what not to do, this time we're going to go out, you know, and you know, Peter cuts the ear off, but then he becomes, he's like, I'm going to build my church on you, you know what I mean? So how awesome is that? He knew what not to do the next time, we're not slicing people's ears off, okay? Um, So sometimes risk is scary. It can be messy. And we have flaws, and God's like, I know. But He's like, I want you to keep doing it. I want you to keep taking that risk. You know, as a family, we need to embrace that attitude of risk, or soon we're going to be eating that wormy manna. Try to hold on to it. And be like, it's really comfortable here, water's flowing from a rock, I we came all out healthy, you know, we get manna. This is okay. I'm I can live here. Nothing bad's gonna happen here. You know, God's like, Oh, you know what? If you won't take a risk on your own, the manna will last. You can't save it up. One day, trust me, that tomorrow you're gonna have new manna. We don't wanna eat wormy manna. I don't wanna eat wormy manna. I don't wanna eat wormy anything. I don't wanna look at worms. I don't really wanna touch worms, you know. So as a family, we need to embrace, dream something, catch a vision. You know, have you ever been around someone who doesn't have any dreams? Wah, wah, you know. Move out of your desert. I like chocolate. I believe that there had to have been a chocolate, you know, being in the promised land. There was milk, there was honey, there was chocolate, okay? I am not going to eat manna if there's chocolate. I don't care how many giants. Don't keep me from my chocolate. That's what I would have been, you know, move out of your desert. Have you just been like, oh, come to church, sit there. Maybe my phone has a game on it and I can hide it, whatever, you know. And then I go home and then I... Oh, life is so hard. Get out of your desert. I mean, he sent you completely healthy, millions of people. He said, oh, I'm just going to, you know, open the sea, walk through, walk through on dry land. Okay, you know, and get out of our desert. So then we spend 40 years in the desert. If I was Josh, I would have been so mad. (laughs) I'd have been like, that's it, I'm leaving, the rest of you can stay there. You know, 40 years, that was most of their life most of their life i do not want to live my life in the desert yes i like the heat i like the beach as long as there is water i need living water i'm not going to sit out in the sun in the on the desert you know we want to move out of our desert areas of our life because jesus said you're the light of the world because i live inside of you so we need to reflect heaven and not the world we need to reflect peace and not anxiety supernatural living, heaven to earth, should be our norm. That should be normal. That should be normal when someone says, I'm sick, let me pray for you, got a healing. You're like, oh, awesome, well, I'll see you tomorrow. Let me know if anything else goes on. That should be the normal, not like, oh, my gosh, there was a healing today. (laughs) Yeah, have you met Jesus? He does that all the time. He paid for every sickness, every disease in his body. Did you know that God provided for me and I didn't go without? Yes. I do know that do you know that I had nothing to eat I remember one time I was pregnant I said Lord I got five dollars I'm working I'm sick I'm you know I said we don't have money for food you know literally I had five dollars and I thought I'm gonna sleep in my car at my job because I can't get home and the lady came in and that I worked with and she said I just went to KFC and I just decided to get the family meal so and she's like oh and will you run to town let me put gas in your car I'm like Thank you, I don't have to sleep in a car pregnant and sick, you know? Because that should be the norm. Like, okay, I don't know how I'm getting home, Lord, but you're getting me there. It shouldn't be so, because we should live supernatural. We should live heaven to earth. You know, are you believing for anything? For yourself? For your family? For this church? If we're a church family, we got to start believing some things for this church, this town. What are we believing for our town? What are we believing for this nation? Are we just complaining about who's in office and who's doing what? Well, what are we doing for this nation? What are we believing for? What are we speaking? What are we praying for? and saying, God, you're bigger than anything. You're bigger than politics. You're bigger than any amount of money on this earth. You are bigger, and you know what? You're doing something in our nation. What are we doing for this world? Other countries, God said, you know what? I love them the same as I love you. What are you doing? What are you believing for? With our finances, are we holding on to what little we have because we think this is how we need to live? We're risking, like, God, if I give this away, how am I going to be happy? Well, you're probably not happy right now. You know, with your family, are you risking your walk, being public with it, being outward? You know, are you mature in your walk that your family's like, I don't know, we don't know the Lord, but I know the Lord speaks to them. I know that, you know what, I don't know what's going on, but I know that I'm sticking next to coal because the Lord is with her. You know, or are we that crying, whiny baby? Oh, God, just never, never goes my way, and I don't like this. Wham, me, 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 it's about me, and I want what I have, and I want it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. Or the worst, have you grown up a little bit, and then you're that bratty teenager? I don't care. Whatever whatever happens happens you can't tell me what to do i know that i know that i know i know is the worst word blah 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 okay you want to live i don't know anybody who wants to live as a teenager their whole life my favorite year was 30 that's why i've turned it four times (laughs) it's true i'm 30 i've been 34 years in a row and i liked it so much i'm turning 30 again this year I don't, want, I don't want to stay in that. I want to be mature. I want to be able to grow. We can't stay babies forever. I don't want someone feeding me and wiping me. I want to do things and go places. I can't just sit in this place where it's comfortable, where everybody does everything for me and dotes on me and squeezes my cheeks and says, you're so cute. You can do that, though. I like that. Um, I'm pretty cute. <laughs> uh, I used to have a problem with people hugging me, and touching me, but I know. to you guys, everyone, go <gasps> gasp? I know it's hard to it's hard to believe that I used to, but the Lord came in and He totally did a work in that. Um, you know, I don't want to do and live in this place where there's no risk, this safe zone, this boring zone. It's depressing there. If you've been around someone that lives there, you're like, I'm going to pull my hair out if I have to talk to you for three more seconds. Seriously. Do something like, you know, do a cartwheel. Sometimes when I'm in the store, I just do a cartwheel because it's so everyone's just walking with their carts. Just nothing. Talking about how the world's just horrible. And I'm just like, I'm just going to do a cartwheel right now. That may or may not have happened multiple times in my life. <laughs> Usually, Matt's running away if I'm doing that. I have not knocked over any displays yet. (laughs) I think the Lord has made sure of that. (laughs) It's a really good day. I feel good. You guys feel good? It's a good day. I don't want to live in that place without testimonies. Man, just the little story. That's your story. All these little things. That's my testimony that I have. I don't want to live in a place where your testimony. One time we heard this testimony, and she and I was like, "What in the world?" Like that makes me want. I just want to go home, sit on the couch, and eat potato chips. Like I don't know. You know, I want my testimony to be powerful. I don't want to be in a place without testimony, without influence, without passion. I'm gonna be passionate about something. You know. I just like to be passionate about everything, like, you know what I mean? I work in a preschool, everything's awesome, oh, Miss Sarah, look at my Elsa t-shirt, that is awesome, I love it, you're Elsa, and then I start singing, let it go, let it go, you know, and then the kids are like, Miss Sarah, calm down, and I can't, and then I accidentally slap a kid in the face while I'm spinning, and that did happen, but he totally didn't tell on me, so, um, <laughs> but we were dancing, it, it worked out, it worked out um you know like that should be passionate when the kids come in you know in the morning you want when you work with little ones they're passionate about everything i found a rock and there's like a thousand rocks look at this rock you're like there's a thousand other ones that look just like this This is awesome i want to take it home to my mom yes i'm going to put it in a bed i learned this from my best friend sue you wrap everything up of theirs if it's a dandelion you put it like you put it in a protective bubble so it gets home you know, like, she's like, it's important to them. They are passionate about that. And if you forget, like, like one time I threw a sucker away. Because <laughs> I thought, this is gross. Like, they're going you know, I got send it home. And they cried. And I was like, I'm a horrible person. Because <laughs> they were passionate about that. Like, you don't know if it's how many times they get a sucker. It might be like, they may never get anything special. And that was, like, so special to them. They have passion about everything. I want passion like that. We need a powerful testimony. You want people's life to change? Just like, you know what? Go out by the blood of the Lamb and the words of your testimony. You want people to come to know Jesus? You've got to have a powerful testimony. That means God's got to do something. That means you've got to live supernaturally because you know what? They're already living naturally. It's not working. They're saying, okay, tell me something. Tell me it's going to be Okay tell me it's going to be okay. And are like, oh, let me tell you. Let me tell you this awesome story about what God did. And they're like, really? Do you think he'll do that for me? And you're like, oh, of course he will. You know, he loves you. That's what we want. We don't have to tell people how good our life is. We don't have to tell people how good our kids are. I like other people to tell me how good my kids are. <laughs> and they do. Because when you live a life like that, people are looking at your at your life and they're saying wow they have an amazing family wow they have an amazing attitude that one sometimes catches us up right wow they have an amazing work ethic when you go to your you know you don't have to say yeah i'm a pretty big deal around here worker hard i only take eight breaks a day you know Hilarious. I mean, if you have to be like, I don't know if you guys knew. Pretty big deal. I'm a mom. Have kids. My kids are awesome. You just don't know it. They're in RTC all the time because you know you just don't understand them. Nope. Not. Not. Mm. No. No. Let people say. Oh my gosh. Your kids. When. When. When this note came lady was like praising my kids and I was like she's like your kids are just so awesome and I'm like thank you they are like you said it first so I'm gonna say it too (laughs) because I like to say you say it then I'll say it you say it again say it again (laughs) and then I go around asking people what they know (laughs) you know and even things when someone thanks you or things like that it feels good doesn't it because they're saying I saw that without you saying that let other people say that but other people be like, I don't know, but I want, you know, why we were sitting there, it's really funny cause that, the, that I had this in my notes because I was thinking about you guys, and Sierra was next to me, and the Lord said, their kids are amazing, aren't they? And I said, they are. I said, they're all nice. The Lord just kept reminding me that their hearts are all so tender. So I want to thank you guys because you raised such tender kids. You know, but that the, when we were doing worship, the Lord just like, look at their hearts are just so tender. They got that because their parents loved me and taught them to love me. So, that's just a word for you guys. So, that makes me a little emotional. (laughs) There are neighbors too, so I've got to see them grow up, and they're just—they really are, always good, always good kids, you know. Um, And we look at that, you know, if we don't have risk, you know, Joseph, we know about him that you know he kind of was cocky and told his brothers, "I'm kind of a big deal. Let me tell you, I interpret dreams." Mm -hmm. Didn't work out so well the first time he risked that. You know, he kind of ended up in a pit, in a prison, so he's in the prison, you know, because all these things just kept going wrong. Joseph had a bad couple years, okay? And he's in there, and he's just like, he could have he been like, oh, poor me. Oh, why does this happen? God, where are you? You gave me the dream. now look at me. I'm in the prison, you know? He could have been like, I'm not telling anybody my dreams again, because look what happened. My brothers threw me in a pit. He's saying, no, I'm taking a risk. I got more dreams. I can interpret your dreams. Come here, come here, come here, come here. Okay, when you go to the king, cup bearer, let me tell you. Okay, when you go there, he's going to say this. And you tell him, tell him that I'm here and this is what I do. He didn't give up and be like, I'm not going to be a dreamer because, you know, last time look where it got me and God said this. He said, no, my God, I messed up, got a little cocky. I should know better. I have a lot of brothers. Anyone who has brothers, if they're bigger than you, you do not go in front of them and be like, I'm going to be in charge of you. Yeah, that does not work does not work. I have four brothers. They're all older than me, okay? They're bigger, they're stronger, maybe not smarter. I'll tag all my brothers to listen to this sermon. Okay. <laughs> oh, where am I now? Because I I'm thinking about this. <laughs> but his dreaming also got him to the palace. He took that risk and said, you know what? The first time I learned what not to do. But I'm going to keep dreaming. I'm going to keep interpreting it. And you know what God did? He was faithful. He stepped out in faith, experimenting. We need to do that. We need to step out in faith, experimenting with our gifts. You know, we can't just give up on the word because we thought, well, it said this and I didn't see it in the time frame that I allowed in my life. So whose time are you on? You know? That's where we get, we're like, well, God didn't come through. You no, know, God didn't come through at your timing. God is still, he's coming, you know. He's coming. He's still waiting for you to step out in that faith. You know, it gets messy because risk-taking, it's life-changing. You know, Joseph's life changed a lot. <laughs> Ended up here, so we're good. They even took his bones out of Egypt. Um, you know, the Bible is full of risk-takers. You know, it's it's full of failures, it's full of triumphs and grace. You know, there were probably thousands of people in the Bible that, in the Bible time, that never got in the Bible. They had stories that never made the Bible because they were boring. They lived in the normal all the time. They lived in that safe zone. They trusted their checkbooks and their doctors and their education. Yes, balance your checkbook go to the doctor and get educated. Those are good things. But when they say, my checkbook says what I do. Doctors tell me whether I am whole or healthy, and my education tells me whether I have wisdom. That isn't true. See, they didn't make that because God's like, no, 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 no. I gave you the capacity to be able to learn and to be able to have that. But, you know, they never got to experience multiplication. They weren't in the story of the five thousand being fed. They weren't there with that woman with the two mites. You know, they never got to see how God multiplies their life. They never got to see healings and perfect health. You no, know? they were scholars without any wisdom. You ever see smart people that are dumb? You like, you're like, okay, you can like do pi to the twentieth number but you don't know, you shouldn't eat chalk. Like, <laughs> something crazy, you know, like, you know, I mean, I had a girl tell me, she's like, well, if you come through a C-section, do you have a belly button? I thought, uh, a student, I'm like, hmm, that's one for your mom. You ask her if you have a belly, why you have a belly button, even though you <laughs> you know, like so smart, because you know what, Education and wisdom are not the same. You could be an F student and you could have so much wisdom. Like, people are just coming to you like, I don't know, like, but you got it. Like, you, you know, for my family, you know, you may have got Fs all through school, but, you know, you're a mom or dad that, like, your kids are amazing and I want my kids to be like your kids, you know, because you got the wisdom of the Lord. You know, we, we see the Abrahams and the Sarahs and the Hannahs and the Marys and the Davids and the Josephs and the Daniels. They were risk-takers. They were faith-builders. They had a legacy and a testimony that went from generation to generation to generation to our generation to our kids' generations and our grandkids and our great-great-great-great-grandkids. I want people talking about me when I'm in heaven. I'll be like, yeah, they're talking about me. That's my kids. That's my great-grandkids, you know? Great-great-great-grandkids. Because I want to leave a legacy and people be like, you know what? Our great-great-great-great-great-grandma, she loved the Lord. You can't believe what happened in her life, you know. Walking through fire. Shutting the lion's mouth, you know. Being 14 and pregnant by the Spirit of the Lord and being like, well, this is, how am I going to tell Mom and Dad this? And say, nope, I'm going to do it. I'm only going to speak good, whatever you want, Lord. I mean, those are pretty big risk-taking, you know. Mary's like, but Joseph's probably going to have a problem with this, so if you could just, I will do this still, but if you could just, you know, visit him and get him on board, you know, with this. That tastes risk. <laughs> I mean, like, no, I'm having a great time, you guys. So, because that's how we should in the Lord, we should be like, God, you are doing great things. I'm excited. I can't wait for what's coming next. You know, we need a dream. We need to dream. I love to dream. My kids, you know, you know, we've been interpreting dreams and growing in that. My kids every day are like, "Look, mom, I had a dream. I'm gonna tell you, and then I'm gonna tell you what it means, and then mom, you tell me if you think that's right." And then so they're calling their friends. Their friends are calling the house now. Be like, "I had a dream. Can your mom interpret this for me? Because I know she knows the Lord." Like, and then so then I say, "Well, Layla, you interpret it for your friends." She's like, "Okay. Well, I'm pretty sure." And then I'm like, "Yeah, you go. You know, like." People are dreaming. Things are happening. It's moving. And these kids are like, they don't even know the Lord. And they're calling like, oh, here, dream interpretation is here. It's free. Can call, just not in the night, okay? So we need faith and not fear. You know, I look at times, you know, there's been times in our life and people are like, man, you guys got all together. God is multiplying. And I'm eating eggs and ramen noodles, My kids, I have toast. Mom, what are we going to have? We're fasting today, honey. (laughs) I have told my kids that. And they said, okay, I'm going to have ramen noodles. You fast, Mom. You know, there were some days this summer that it was really tight. And you know what? My kids, I would make food for them. And they would say, aren't you? And I said, oh, Mom's just fasting. I I didn't get enough of it quite. You know, because I'm like, God, you're multiplying. You're changing my situation. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm not going to sit here and whine and cry because you are the God of multiplication. You are going to change the situation. And he did and he is and it continues and continues because I'm not going to live in fear like, oh, no, oh, no, what's going to happen? Oh, I'm sick or all the, you know, God, I know you got something. I'm not going to live in fear. You know, we need that relationship with our father. He's our father in the family. You know, we need to trust him. We need to hear him. We need to have love him. To risk living is supernatural, not super boring. I do not want to live in super boring. How about you guys? No, I don't want to live in super boring. Um, I'm just going to finish with this word, and it's John 17. Three, and it said, And this is the way to have eternal life, to know that you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, are the ones you, Christ, the one you sent to earth. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me in the glory we shared before the world began. That's Jesus. He's saying, hey, through me you have eternal life. He finished what he had to do. Now we need to step out and take risks and be like, God, what are you doing in my life? So let's just pray.